Well, we've been in a series called Endued with Power. We're going to get into talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And um, we started out talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which is the gateway to all these things. Uh, let's look at Luke 24, 44 again, briefly. Luke 24, 44. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He's already risen. How many of you want you want the the real things of God, the deep things of God? We want to see his power and his presence manifest on this earth. God is good. He is real. He never grows old, and his things don't change. They don't grow old. He does a new thing all the time, but he doesn't change his ways. He's always been the same God. The ways related to men has changed over time with the old covenant and the new covenant, but he is the same. And in this day and age, he's working uh, in certain ways, and that's why we're studying these things so we understand and we're not ignorant of these things. Luke 24, verse 44 says, Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. You know, that's what Jesus does, the Spirit of Jesus does. He opens our understanding. You know, you can read the Bible. You, you know, people that aren't saved, they, they can read the Bible and not understand a word of it and say this is just some old book and they don't get it. Why is that? Because they don't have the author of the book on the inside of them. Then somebody gets born again, and when you get born again, you have the Spirit of God indwelling you. That's different than the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit of God's in you, and He's the author of the Scriptures, and that's the Spirit of Jesus. Here's Jesus in the flesh, and it says He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. We need help to understand the Scriptures. It's not something you understand up here. And there's very... Um, intelligent, intellectually, people that can't understand the Bible. Because they don't come to it in faith. You can't understand the Bible with your head. You have to understand it with your heart. And when you take it, when you come to it with your heart, it illuminates your mind. And here it says Jesus opened their understanding. That's what Jesus is doing right now. Through His Spirit, through His Word, He's open understanding. You can hear the Word under the anointing and see things. You may have read a scripture 20 times, but you hear it under the anointing. What's the anointing? It's the Spirit of God moving. He's teaching. He'll show you something. You'll just see it. Flash, 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 and all of a sudden, you understand something. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And he, That's what he does. It's exciting. Every time we come together, it, it is exciting because we are meeting with the creator of the universe, and he's showing us his ways. You know, we live, we live in the year 2020 right now. But he's always been. And there are things that we're learning or we've seen or maybe you've learned and seen over years and decades, but they didn't just show up just when we learned them. You know, there are truths that exist right now that we can become illuminated uh, on that will change our life, but they're already there. In other words, they're already, already existing, they're, and there are people that walk in certain things or have seen things. There are things that we didn't know 10 years ago that we know now. His truth is here just waiting, just pregnant for us to tap into, and He is ready and willing to help us. 
Anytime we come to him, he's ready and willing to pour out his knowledge. That's why it's so important to come to him with expectation, with faith. When we gather together, it's not, it's not a ritual. It is we're meeting with the Almighty to come up in his ways. That's awesome. Because we're, we're just coming up in knowledge and understanding that we're going to have forever. Not just for this earth. Forever. He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. He said, I send the promise of my Father, that's the Spirit of God, that's the Holy Spirit, See, they're already born again. We went over that. They're already born again here. But he's saying, I'm giving you the promise of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It, you go and wait in the city of Jerusalem until it's poured out. Now today, we don't have to wait. It's already been poured out. But he said, go and wait till you are endued with power from on high. Endued with power. Now we read in 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to get into 1 Corinthians 12 more, but... You know, we're just uh, in the, that's the context we're covering some of these things. But uh, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is just vital to this. So that's why we're spending time there. But let's just look at 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 1 again. Let's just read through it. It's good, good to read because this is what we're going to be covering in depth. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Like we said, you know, ignorant means you just don't know. doesn't mean we're, you know, you're not intelligent. You could be ignorant of so many things, and, and all of us are. There are areas of study that every single one of us, are, we're ignorant of in different areas. You know, I, I'm not a mechanical engineer. I took one semester of that, and that was all it took. Knew I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to, you know, draft stuff and whatever. And so I'm very ignorant in that area. That doesn't mean I'm stupid. It just means I just don't know. If they start getting into a bunch of stuff, I just don't know. You know, I, I don't know what it takes to put a rocket into space. All the in, I could maybe do some of the software, but there's a whole lot of stuff there I just don't know. I'm ignorant. Ignorant of a lot of things on the inner workings of uh, engines, you know, how they're they working now. Ignorant just means we don't know. Well, here the Apostle Paul is saying, I, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. In other words, I don't want you not to know. I want you to know, which is why we're going over these things. God wills for these things to work in our lives and in, our, in this body and in our, in our lives outside of here, but we need to know. We won't be able to operate in things that we don't understand. God may want to do certain things, and He surely does, and He wants to do more than He's doing on this earth right now, but we need to understand and work with them. He'll do them. He'll do them for us in our midst. He already is, and it will increase as we expect and act and flow with them. Because as he's prompting us, as we're making ourselves available, he's prompting us, then we understand, oh wait, that's that. And then you still have to yield. You still have to work with him, but it sure helps if you know that he's trying to get your attention on something. So it says in verse 2, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Verse 2, you know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. In other words, you, used to, you were looking at all this stuff that's just nothing, these, these idols that are pieces of wood, and you're, you're following after those things. Well, how many people are in that boat today? They won't, they won't say, oh, I'm not following after an idol of wood, but all kinds of dumb stuff that's not going to make any difference in eternity. 
It might be really flashy in technology, but it's still a dumb idol. Anyway, we're going to just go right past that. Verse 3, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. In other words, God, it's the same God, the same Spirit working in these different ways, but the manifestation, the way things are working is different. Not, every, not everybody uh, has the same giftings in general, ministry giftings. There are, there's different churches, there's different um, uh, emphasis, because people are different and God's call on different people are different. And here he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. There's many of these gifts. They're all God, but they manifest in different ways. But they're all God. They're all the Spirit of God. It says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Now this is listing the, the nine gifts of the Spirit, which we're not going to go into quite yet. But for one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith, that's the gift of faith by the same Spirit, that's not just faith, but that's the gift of faith, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, dis distributing to each one individually as He wills. So it's God willing to do these things. It's not us making it up. You can't make God do it. You can't pull a trigger. You don't get these gifts. He doesn't bestow them on you so you can do what you want with them. They are gifts that are given as He wills. But that doesn't mean we can't cooperate with them and we can't expect them. And we can't pray for them. It's as He wills, but He wills to do a whole lot more than, he, than He's doing. Amen. Let's go ahead and uh, let's look at Acts 1, verse 4. And then we'll get into a little bit further tonight. Acts 1, verse 4. Uh, we'll just put it up on the screen. You can turn there if you want. Uh, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, okay, skip down to verse 80. He's covering something else there. But you shall receive... Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So again, like we read in Luke, he, he told them to wait in Jerusalem, and here's another account of it. He's saying, you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, not in you, upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The infilling of the Holy Spirit, different experience than being born again. But notice again, he's saying power will come upon you. But notice that power came upon them when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is the entrance, the gateway into all the things we just read about in 1 Corinthians. Those are the gifts of the Spirit. This is the operating of the Spirit of God. 
Uh, it's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament, like I've said, except for tongues and interpretations. All these gifts operated in the ministry of Jesus, and you see them throughout Scripture. It's the way the Holy Spirit works, but in this dispensation, in the church age, in the, the Holy Spirit age, the infilling of this, the Spirit of God is the gateway into these things. Now, we, so we've covered this uh, some the last few times about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, went over in detail in Acts, different accounts of it. Tonight, I want to focus on um, some of the aspects of using that gift, praying, and, and, and some of the, the aspects, some of the, the ways that benefits us, and some of the ways we can pray and what we can pray for. You I mean, you're praying as the Spirit gives you utterance, but I want to focus, uh, look at some examples um, or just mention some examples, but how we are praying. What are we praying? What, we, it is a gateway into these other uh, manifestations of the Spirit being manifest, and that's one aspect. You can use this, the, the, the um, infilling of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues uh, in any area of life. But I just want to touch on some of the scriptures that talk about the aspects of what it means to pray in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians, because we'll be in 1 Corinthians some. This isn't really, what I, what I want to get into now is not, you know, I, I've covered some of these things before, not in this series, but other series. So not exhaustively about all this, these aspects of praying in tongues, because really we're doing this in the context of the gifts of the Spirit. So I really want to focus on some of the ways they relate. And uh, uh, something, some really spe specific areas about praying in tongues, but not, you know, not an exhaustive treatment. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. This is the Apostle Paul. For if I pray in a, in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. In the Amplified Bible, it says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but my mind is unproductive, it bears no fruit, and helps nobody. If I, I'm going to read that again. For if I pray in an unknown tongue. See, it's not... It's, it's an unknown tongue, unknown to you maybe, but it's, it's not unknown to God. In fact, you're praying by, your, it says your spirit, by the Holy Spirit within you. Praise. But your mind is unproductive, it bears no fruit, and it helps nobody. So your spirit, when we're praying in the spirit, Praying in tongues, praying as the Spirit gives us utterance, your Spirit's praying, but it's doing so by the unction of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's giving the unction. That means God is actually praying through you. So God has a will in the earth. We know His will by His written word. He al we also know His will by what He reveals to us in our heart. But He also has, has things He wants to do in the earth that we need to pray out. He knows what they are. You and I don't necessarily know what they are, but if we'll yield to Him to pray, we are, He's praying with us. He's praying through us. That's why it's so powerful. Because you don't know the future. I don't know the future. I don't know exactly what needs to be prayed out, but He does. 
So when I pray in the Spirit, so I can pray in the understanding, I can, I can do and we should do that. We should ask for wisdom when we knew it. We should pray in faith for healing if we need it. We should pray for relationships according to the Word of God. But you can start praying then and yielding yourself to pray for the Spirit in, in any area, but really, you can be praying and have something on your mind, but really when you're yielding to the Spirit, you're yielding to the Spirit, you, you really you can't control exactly what's coming out of your mouth as far as, uh, an area, but you can say, well, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm meditating on something while I'm praying in the Spirit, and the Spirit will help you. But you are giving, yielding and giving utterance to what He's praying through you. Well, He knows the future. God knows what needs to be prayed out. And when we yield to Him, you are actually praying out the perfect will of God for whatever needs to be prayed. It could be in your life, could be something else, but we're yielding to Him. It says your mind is unproductive. I just want to focus on some of these practically and as it relates to our greater subject here, uh, the gifts of the Spirit, but it really talking about the will of God, what He wants to do, the plan for your life, it's all related. As we pray in the Spirit, notice it says your mind is unproductive. And that will be the case. In fact, your mind can fight you. Your flesh can fight you. It's so much easier to go out, you know, and do something else than to pray. You can be praying wherever you go. Don't get me wrong. You can do that and pray in other tongues as you're going, as you're driving, whatever. But, you know, even focused time praying, even when you're doing something else, it's easier just to be distracted and not pray. But concerted praying in the Spirit of God, it's easier sometimes to do something else. Your flesh will want to do something else. Your mind will say, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Can we be done already? And it takes faith to do it. You are speaking in a language you don't know. Your mind can say, this is dumb. Your mind says, what are we doing? I, it's unproductive, so it's basically like, you can imagine twiddling, it's twiddling its thumbs going, what, so, what's the point? But in the spirit, God Almighty is praying through you and praying out the future. Let's skip down. I just want to insert this here. But 1 Corinthians, I may come back to this, but 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. So you're not speaking to yourself. You're speaking to God. When you speak in other tongues, you're speaking to God and He can understand you and He's the one giving you utterance to speak to Him. In other words, He's helping you to pray to Him by His Spirit. So you pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus. So He's coming alongside helping you to pray what you need to pray to Him so it can get done on the earth. You may not understand it, but you are praying out the mysteries. It's going to say this in a minute. Mysteries, you're praying out the perfect will of God. You're speaking to God, directly to God. If Satan can't understand it, you're praying right past the enemy and praying the perfect will of God, praying what needs to happen. It's powerful. It says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. Well, God does, but no person. Satan can't crack the code. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. In the Spirit, He speaks 
mysteries. And this is really what I want to focus on. When we're praying in other tongues, we're praying out mysteries. Mysteries to you, mysteries to me, mysteries not to God. God knows everything, but to you and me, it, they're mysteries. But they are, they can, um, you can be praying out concerning the future, concerning your personal life. You could be praying out something concerning somebody halfway across the world. You can be praying out uh, something for somebody in, in the area, in, you know, locally, that needs to be saved. But as we yield ourselves to pray, we are yielding ourselves to God to pray His perfect will for our situation, for our families, for our businesses, whatever. It is powerful. It takes faith, but when we do it, we are praying out the perfect will of God for our future, for the future of God's plan on the earth. And so the more, as we take time to do this, we are allowing God to do what He wants to do anyway. You know, some, so let me just say this. People will get in ditches on any area, you know, like we've said so many times, and you can apply it to any area. And some people will say, or some people will get in the mode, you know, so far over here that you have to pray they get legalistic about it. If you don't, it's like if, if, if you haven't prayed about this, haven't prayed about this, haven't prayed so many hours, then God can't do anything. Well, now you're getting over into error because now, you now you're looking at the amount. How many of you know God can do in a minute? One word. You can pray out Jesus and he can do a miracle. So if you start putting a bar on it, say, well, I have to pray two hours before something can happen. Now you're in the legalism. Now you've just made something up. Go find that in the Bible. Where does it say, thou shalt pray, pray two hours in other tongues before such and such? It doesn't say that. And so you can get bound. And then some people have gotten to the point where they think they're begging God somehow to get God to do something. That's not true either. I'm, I'm praying to get God so that he's convinced that we'll have revival in a certain area. I'm praying him and, oh, I'm asking, and I'm asking as if God doesn't want to do it. That's not true. God gave his son. He already proved that he wants to do it. He wants to, he wants to meet the, man, the, the uh, needs of mankind. He wants, he wants people to be saved. The Bible says he does not will that any should perish. But that's, so that's way over here on this side. But on the other side, then people will say, you know what, it, Jesus already did everything. We, it doesn't, we don't need, I mean, yes, you can pray, but because there's people that have begged and prayed and said, uh, well, we're praying for revival, and maybe they got too far over, then people will say, well, we, you know, you don't have to pray. We just go out and we just walk in what Jesus has already provided. We don't have to, it's not the prayer that does anything. That's in this ditch. Jesus did pay the price for everything we need, but we have to act on it, and there are things we have to do. And uh, Number one, if somebody doesn't believe on him for salvation, they're not going to be saved. It doesn't matter that Jesus already bore their, or, or took their, their sins and, and paid for them. He already bore their sicknesses. 
took their infirmities. But if we don't appropriate it, nothing's going to happen in our life. And he wills that everybody should come to know him. But he also said to the, the, the disciples, the early church, you don't go out and start ministering until, I, until you're endued with power. Well, what did he do that for? Well, you don't really need it. You just have to, you know, just walk around. Jesus already took care of it, but you need this. Why do you need it? You need the gifts of the Spirit, and you need the infilling of the Spirit to carry out the work of the church. And so when we yield ourselves to praying, it's not that you're begging God. If somebody's begging God to do something you already promised to do, that's wrong. But spending time in prayer and yielding ourselves and believing God that we're going to see what He said in His Word to see and say, Lord, use us, and we yield ourselves for you to pray through us, He needs people to pray like that so He can do what He wants to do. Do you see the balance? You're not begging God. You're not saying, I'm begging God. You're not saying, it's just going to happen. No, people have prayed for revival, have allowed themselves to be, to, to be used. Does that mean they, they got God into the notion of saving people? No, they're yielding themselves for God to pray through them so that He supernaturally can be praying and touching people in the community, in the area, that the spiritual realm is activated to do what he wants to do anyway because he had people that agreed with him and flowed with him. Amen? There's a balance. It's a yielding. I mean, yeah, your flesh wants to say, oh, we don't have to do anything. It'll just happen. It won't just happen. There is praying things out. Now, you don't get legalistic about it, but there is a middle road. And there is something we can do for the gifts of the Spirit to be more manifest, and part of it is praying things out in the Spirit. And we talked about it at prayer, however, the last one, and said we are going to be contending for these things and gave several scriptures, and we're praying those things, and we're going to continue this one coming up. It's yielding ourselves to pray. Brother Hagen said, one time, he said, these things, they're as the Spirit wells, but wills, but you can pray for them. He goes, that's why you need to pray. They will manifest more as you pray. And he said, he goes, otherwise you wouldn't need to pray at all. He said, you need to pray, and the more you pray, the more you give yourself to these things, the more manifestations there are. And he said, that's why. And he was in healing school when he said this, in a recording. He said, that's why, he goes, when I was out in the field, I could give concerted time to praying, and I saw more manifestations. He goes, now that I'm in the office, I have to do certain things in the office I don't see as much. Brother Hagin said that. He had some experience with it. There is a connection. It's not just me, either. It's together, in our own lives, as a corporate body. We can pray and believe God and be vessels that He can flow through and give ourselves to these things, and we will see more. It will increase. It's what God wants to do. We're not going to turn there, but in Acts, the, you know, the, the account where the apostles... They were waiting tables, or they were dealing with some deals with waiting tables, and they said, it's not right that we should leave the word of God in prayer to wait tables, and they appointed people to do it. They were spending time in the word and prayer. 
This is what we, we can yield to the Spirit of God for Him to do what He wants to do. Many people have called praying in the Spirit the gateway to the supernatural. As we yield ourselves in this area, it's the gateway that these other things, these other gifts of the Spirit can manifest. And they can manifest in every believer's life. Not just from the pulpit, not just in a church service. They will manifest that way. But they will manifest when you're out just talking to somebody in the world. If we're sensitive, if we become knowledgeable, and we know what God's doing, and we're willing to flow, God can use any believer to flow in any of the nine gifts of the Spirit. And the supernatural will change people. People can talk in circles all day long and talk philosophy and talk doctrine, but when God manifests the gifts of the Spirit, the supernatural power of God in somebody's life, it affects people. It's supposed to because it's God by His will coming on the scene and doing something. And one way we can increase the manifestation is by praying things out in the Spirit. So I don't want. So that's one aspect. I mean, I want to talk about the gifts of the Spirit in 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 because that's the context we're in. But I want to encourage you tonight that when we pray, we're speaking out mysteries. So in when you're praying for your spend time praying in tongues concerning your job, you can be just meditating on things. Your job, God will bring things up to your mind concerning your neighbors, concerning your community, concerning, you know, children or marriage. If you don't have an answer on something, spend time just praying, meditating and praying in tongues, just yielding to God. You're praying out. It's making power available. It is moving things in the heavenlies. You, we just don't see it. We don't understand, but it is powerful. We're praying the perfect will of God out. Norval Hayes tells the story, he was, um, you know, he was a traveling minister, businessman, but his pastor in Tennessee came into his office and said, hey, I, you know, they had just added on to the church, and um, they needed carpeting, he called it rugs, to put in there. And so he, he, the, the pastor came to his office and said, you know, he goes, I, I, I have these, building, or these rooms, and I need to go get uh, rugs, and God told me that you're supposed to come with me. He said, okay. So they went down to the manufacturing area. I guess it was just down the road where, where they had the stuff. And his pastor started talking to the, the person, the owner, I think it was, of this place. And the Spirit of God just prompted Norval just really, he said, really, quite, really gently just to, to go over to the side and just start praying in tongues. So he did. He just walked over to the side. He goes, just go over in this area and just start praying in tongues. So he did. He was just praying in tongues. And he said the spirit of prayer was just on him really gently. He said it was just sweet. It wasn't like, you know, hit the ground and he's just making a big scene. It was just really, you know, it's in a business, but he just really, really sweet, just came over and, and just started praying. And he goes and it lifted and, he, and, he, and uh, he, he felt he could go back over. So right when he walked over, walk, walk, backed over, his pastor said, he goes, while you were gone, the owner came back over and said, you know what, I'm going to give you all those rugs for free. He was praying things out. He was interceding for that situation. God did that. He didn't know what he was praying for. 
pastor just asked him to go. He's praying these things out. Something was happening, though, and boom. Changed. Changed the situation. We don't have to know what we're praying about all the time if we'll follow promptings but yield, pr spend time praying in the Spirit. We didn't get filled just for, not, for anything. It's, it'll affect every area of our, of our life. It is power. It's supernatural. We need to understand that this is vital. The, the early church prayed in tongues all the time. The Apostle Paul, we read it in 1 Corinthians, I think it's 14, 18, said, I pray in tongues more than you all. I remember when I was at Ramah, uh, there was, so we had um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and Tuesday had what's called exaltation. It was in between a few classes, and um, where they praise and worship, and then they'd have announcements on Thursdays, and you get everybody get together, and they'd have announcements. I want to say it was in the announcement time, probably, but they had this gentleman in, and he would he had, I don't know if he had other books, but he had the book of Ephesians memorized, and it's six chapters. I mean, he could just quote it, and he was. It, they had the lights dimmed up in the RMA there, and uh, he they. They come on, and he's miked, and he's dressed like the Apostle Paul, and he's just walking around, and he's just praying in tongues. And that's how it started. He's just praying in tongues. And just the visual of that, that he was praying in tongues all the time. And then he started, he's like, take this down, because, you know, he was dictating it. And he started just speaking out what was the book of Ephesians. But he said, I want you to write this letter. I mean, I want you to send a letter to such and such, because, you know, somebody would write down, you see that, by the hand of so-and-so. And so he just started speaking it out, and the way he, it was just dramatic the way he was doing it, because he had it all memorized, but he was speaking it the way it would have been dictated. But I'm sure that's pretty realistic. Praying about these things, he's praying things, and things come rolling out. They come rolling out. Your mind might say you're crazy, but when you need it, the power and the anointing and the unction is there. Uh, Brother Hagen gives another account. There was um, a situation. He was, uh, so he, he, he didn't know about the situation. Um, so I'll give you some background and then tell you where, where he, was. he he was. There was a situation where there was this uh, lady that used to be, or she was a Christian, I believe she was a minister's wife. She had yielded to the devil in her thinking so much, and that's not what I want to focus on tonight, is not that part. But she had yielded to the devil so much in her thinking and yielded to fear and stuff that she actually became oppressed in her, her mind. She wasn't demon-possessed overall. Her spirit was still born again, but her mind was gone. She was in the insane asylum. And she had been, you know, dealing with the insane asylum and uh, she was, I think, I believe, the sister of somebody that knew Brother Hagen. And so she got out uh, and was on, uh, you know, a break or something. It was good enough that she could come out. Brother Hagen didn't know any of this. So he is just getting up and going about his business. And I think it was a Saturday because he said he had a service the, the next day. And um, 
So he's going about his routine. He said, you know, I would, I would help around the kitchen because Aretha would come with him and help in the ministry. So he was, his routine was he would just clean up the kitchen and do his, his tasks. And he was just praying in tongues. He had an unction to pray in the Spirit. And he would do that a lot anyway, but it was just specific. He had an unction to pray in the Spirit. So he was just going around his business praying in the Spirit. And then he would go to the next thing. He went down to the, the um, post office because they had to actually go get the mail. They didn't deliver it. Uh, to each door in, in that time period. So he was just going, he's just praying. He's just under his breath. He's just praying in tongues the whole time. And he just felt an unction to pray. And so he went through his, day, his business and he said from about 8 o'clock in the morning till 2 p.m., he said that whole time he was praying in tongues for most of the time. He was just praying in the Spirit. Under his breath most of the time or, you know, if there wasn't anybody around, lightly. But he was just praying. And he was thinking, wow, I mean, he's preaching the, the next day, he's like, I'm this, he goes, it was just like a, just a spring getting wound up on the inside, but he was just, well, we're, we must really be going to be having a service tomorrow. He thought it was maybe just God getting him ready for the service. He's like, wow, this is going to be, you know, a, a real service tomorrow. And that's what he thought was going on. And then around two, there was a knock at the door, and it was this lady and her sister. And... He said the lady came in and sat down, and at one point this lady just started quoting scripture, just started rolling out of her, and her mind was gone. It wasn't coming out of her mind, it was coming out of her, what she had put in there before, and Brother Hagin said anybody that quotes scripture like that must really know God, and the minute he said that, her eyes just went, he just said flamed, and she jumped up and said, I can't know God, she screamed it, I can't know God, I can't know God, I've committed the unpardonable sin, and just yelled, and then her sister calmed her down, and then Brother Hagin knew why he was praying in the spirit. And he went, they went and got this lady that was a stalwart in the, because they're really young. I mean, they're in their 20s. They, he didn't have much experience. He had never dealt with anything like this. He went and got this lady that would pray, would pray all the time. We're going to go get sister so-and-so to come over. So they did. And they said they, they started praying, and then they, were, then they were praying in the Spirit. And they were praying. They just came back to the place and were praying for two hours, just in the Spirit. And he's like, unless you can't minister to that just by faith, because the lady can't hook up with you, there's no agreement, if there's a demon like this, he said, we can't do anything. Now, this does relate. This, these were the gifts of the Spirit in operation. He said, I can't, we can't do anything. What are we going to do? Well, you have to, get, you have to get a direction from God. You can't just do anything on your own. You can't just go around casting demons out of everybody if they have a right to be there. If they're there, unless you have a manifestation of the Spirit of God, there's other people's wills involved. You can't just do whatever you want. So, they're praying... In, in tongues and praying in the Spirit, and then it comes up. He, he said to God again, he goes, God, you're going to have to show me what to do. I don't know what to do. And he said it came up to him, go stand in front of her and say, come out, thou foul spirit. And he had never done anything like that. And he hesitated, and he didn't want to do it, and he said the anointing left him. And then he, he and the Lord dealt with him on it, and he said, Lord, if, if you bring the anointing back, I'll do it. And the anointing came back, and so he went and said, Thou foul spirit, come out of her in the name of Jesus. And he said, nothing happened. It didn't look like anything had happened. She looked just the same. But he knew 
is a gift of faith in operation. When he said it, he knew that the power was broken, that that spirit was, had to leave. And he was settled. He said, it'll leave. Nothing looked any different. And they went home, and that was Saturday. And he said, Monday, the sister called and said, Brother Hagen, my sister's having a very bad episode, just like when she first went into the, the asylum. And he said, what of it? And he said he was surprised by how calm he was. He said, what about it? And he, he said, this is all that's going on. And he, he showed her the scripture reference where he talked about uh, Jesus casting out a demon. And when he did, it threw the person down before it left. He said, that's all that's going on. He knows he has to go. And he's just throwing her down and tearing her before he's going. And he said, it'll go and it will never come back. And that's what happened. It, it left, and she was in her right mind. Her mind came back, and she was perfectly all right. Came out of the asylum, and they checked on her 19 years later, was still perfectly fine. Those cases are today. People don't understand. They'll say, we know so much medically. Your brain might be showing certain things, but what's behind it? That exists. The only way people like that will be delivered is through the, the power of God. But my point, you know, it's in the context, there's the gifts of the Spirit there too. My point is, Brother Hagin was praying. He didn't know what he was praying for, but he was praying and things were getting put into place that, that enabled that to happen. That move of God to happen. It's the same in our lives. Same in your life. Praying things out, allowing, somebody said it like this, when you're praying in the Spirit, it's like a, a rail, uh, um, uh, uh, the railroad tracks out in front of the train. You're praying the tracks out in front that you're going to be, going to be riding on. And as we're praying, God will give us direction. He'll give us unction. He'll show us. He'll give us illumination. We don't know everything with our minds, but we're praying out in the Spirit what we need to do. And your mind may say, why are we wasting time doing this? But you, if you have faith in God's gift, then you'll say, things are happening and I will have illumination. I will know what to do. I'll see what I need to have. I'll have the unction. Brother Hagen, he knew that the prompting was there. He didn't know what it was for, but God was prompting him and God was praying through him so that that situation could be taken care of. He will do that in every situation. Every area of life, my point is. Powerful. God has given us power, and it's not something that's supposed to be optional. Our path that God has us on, the best path requires us to use what He's given us so that we can get the results that He is leading. See, if He's leading on a certain path and we'll yield to Him, He's praying through us to get those results to happen so that we can accomplish what we need to do on that path. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you.